So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the official review of the year or the 22nd race of the season. I'm just saying we've done a lot of podcasts. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, official review of the year. It's nearly time for testing. Do you remember when there used to be like a a four month gap between Formula One ending and Formula One starting? Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, we were expecting Bottas. He'll be along in a minute. Willie? It's a joke about him not being very fast. Welcome to For Formula One Sakes, official review of the year, sponsored by Rich Energy. Do you remember them? I'm Chigrez, and today from the Sheaf in Southwark, we are going to talk about everything that happened in 2019. Yes, it's our annual end of season's greetings, festive Christmas card of a show, with a cheesy image and a tacky message designed to warm your heart and then be thrown in the recycling shortly afterwards. But before then, we'll talk Mercedes dominance, Ferrari dubious performance, Red Bull's indecisiveness, and a whole fuckton more. F1 is over for another year. Let's celebrate. Joining me is a motoring journalist who hasn't yet decked his halls. It's Phil Tromans. Ho, 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 everyone. I've done absolutely piss all to prepare for Christmas. And I've realised today that it's next week. I today put up my second Christmas tree. Oh. Because the first one was up so early it died. I did see that you put up yours at like the end of November or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it died. And it died, so then today I had to take all the baubles off. Did you put it in water? Yeah, I'm not a heathen, but only so much water. Just like making I didn't put it in basic the checks. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was still water in there when I took it out. The, if you want to know the actual problem, it goes by a radiator, which in the previous years we've turned off, mm. but the valve appears to be gone. So you can't turn the radiator off, right. so that basically cooks the tree. So, yeah, so what, are you putting the, tree in, the new yeah. tree in a different place? No, because... Are you replacing this one, the TRV? Because this one lasted like... it's just going to happen again. No, the, the, re- replacing the valve is not a job for the winter. Well, I mean, Chica's got quite a lot of radiator experience. She so bled she a radiator. Yeah, yeah. I bled several Yeah, and then killed the boiler. Yeah. But you've got yeah, to bleed I, the whole system if you want to replace the valve, don't you? You can't just well, bleed the... Well, do you believe in Christmas or not? <laughs> <laughs> Alongside him is a man who has already introduced himself. It's Jack Nichols from Off Hello. the Radio and Stuff. Hello. Well, you've already told us what you're doing. Have you done anything else for Christmas other than have other than be two trees? No, other Jack, than be two trees, Nickel. We're going to call <laughs> exactly. you. Oh, other than I've, be fully I've prepared. Got the radio and two trees. Taxpayers' money yeah. going on two Christmas trees. Yeah, that's all yeah. over now. Yeah. Brexit. Alongside him is a man who is already drunk. Terry Saunders. <laughs> I have been to a Christmas work do from the BBC, but we all paid for ourselves. Thank you, listeners. What? What? 
the BBC is a very scared place. You can't, they can't flash the cash. So you go, we went to the BBC club. To be clear, I paid for those trees myself. <laughs> like they would I am not like that invoicing the BBC for them. <laughs> and then I got drunk. On Literally, what? Uh, Christmas cheer and <laughs> punk IPA. At <laughs> <laughs> a three course meal. Chica, you've been up to much. I had another 30th birthday of my friends because it's the 30th year. And so um, I know, does that make you feel old? Just because all your friends are young. Mm -hmm. Do you know how old I'll be when we do our next podcast? 40. Have I mentioned it? Yes, you have. When's your birthday? 17th of January. Oh, that's so soon. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm in my last month of my 30s. It's horrific. Shit. How do you feel about that? Um, Yeah, suicidal. (laughs) Okay, anyway, so um, I went to one of these 30th birthday parties and um, had an excellent time, really young, fun, and um, finished the night and went back to my friend's house and drunk some more and then we got out a, found a DVD of her boyfriend. I think revenge porn is illegal. (laughs) Guy diving in the early 2000s, but have you ever seen... Like it's like a 15-year-old skydiving video. Nice. The production is outstanding. Oh. The music is like fly away. They do show him jumping out of the um, the aeroplane and then jumping back in again. Oh. And again, and they show him landing several times. <laughs> they split Amazing. the screen into four. Oh. Is it four oh. by three? Is it what? Not widescreen. Is it square? The picture. I mean, I was drunk. I so, do. <laughs> right, we'll get Listener's Corner going later on with some red hot Q&A action. But first, let's quickly skim through the news that has happened since the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So we'll start with everyone's favourite topic, tyres. Pirelli has been beavering away to develop some great tyres for 2020, but all the teams have told them to fuck off because they're shit. The teams have voted unanimously to reject the 2020 Pirellis and will instead run the 2019 spec tyres again. This followed testing of the new spec rubber in Austin and everyone hated it. Why? This is great Formula One news, isn't it? This This is what we've come to expect. I say, fuck you, Pirelli. See how you like it. I slaved over those knockoff Pirelli (laughs) t-shirts. And because of a copyright infringement, you suddenly just pull all my t-shirts from the shop. But now you see what it's like. You do all this work on new tyres, and the Formula 1 teams go, no, they look too much like the old ones. We just have the old ones. So good riddance. Considering how much everyone has bitched about the tyres, basically since Pirelli came in, how shit must they have been for them to go, no, I mean, no, really, we're really not going to run this. What was different about them? They're meant to effectively lower the thermal overheating. So uh-huh. as opposed to when you wear the tyres and like their grip goes down, like that's fine. Just because you've been rubbing them against the road Because you're going through the corners really hard. That's fine if the grip loses out. But where they struggle is the tyres overheat when you're following the car and the blah, 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 blah. So they've been meant to try and fix that for years. They sort of haven't really. And they've apparently so, made it worse. Yeah, what so, have they done? What's so bad about them? Do we know? If they, have we got any feedback of what the drivers have said? But I don't think it's necessarily that they are, i.e. worse or better or, or it's just like, no, it's like no, no difference, no better. So let's oh. just keep it how it is. And obviously this is the situation you get with like a Mercedes and a Ferrari, when the team, all the teams that are on top of the tyres want to keep the tyres the same because they don't want to have to learn new tyres. Oh, Formula One. Exactly. They're so crazy. Why do we give them a choice? They should just say, these are the tyres, shove it. Agreed. I think they should keep them as like a sort of a stick to beat the teams with if they get too uppity. Like, if they start making too many unreasonable demands, they're right, well, next race, 2020 (laughs) spec tyres. Shut up, or we'll do it again for the rest of the season. Nice. It's a great idea. We still with a lot of things. Transfer news. Not of drivers, but of senior team peeps. Renault's chassis man of the past 19 years, Nick Chester, is leaving, possibly due to the car not being very good, and McLaren's head of aero, Guillaume Catalani, is also off, possibly to Haas. Who's coming in? No idea. Should we read much into this, or is it just people looking for new jobs? Jack? Uh, I think Renault had to kind of make a change, because they were on this progression, and I spoke to the guy who was the technical director, Bob Bell, in 20, 
sort of 16, I think it was. He's like, we've got this five-year plan. After five years, we need to be up at the front. And this was the big year for Renault. Mm. You know, they spent all the money on Ricardo. Yeah, all the money on Ricardo. A lot of the money on Ricardo. And then they didn't really make any progress. And if anything, was they were pretty much the same as last year, if not a bit further back. It's not so, going well, has it? No, they had um, to make changes, really. I, I believe he left through mutual consent. Right, when you've been there for 19 years... They're not going to fire you. Exactly. They're going to give you. They're going to just give you're you. You're going to make it nice. They're going to give gonna, you a yeah. pistol with a single bullet and just say we're just going to leave this here. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. So they needed the change. The the McLaren one's a bit of a going to Haas is a bit of a risky move well, for anyone. I believe I'm trying. I might have got them mixed around. I think he's on gardening leave. Which I wonder if they've sort of just poached him yeah, and he's maybe. handed in his notice and they said, "All right, well you get out before you steal yeah. any more secrets and you know go and tend to your garden for a few months and then." You can take all our secrets to Haas, who, let's face it, need all the help they can get. Well, that's very true. That's very true. How big a deal is head of aero? How important is that? It's an interesting one because Haas obviously take a lot of their stuff from Ferrari and their sort of chassis work and stuff is outsourced. So I don't actually know how big a deal of it would be within Haas. Within a team that builds its own car, maybe that's a massive deal. Within a team that doesn't... I hadn't thought of that. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, maybe he's just but, going to sort of an advisory role to help development rather than designing. But in the outsourcing from stuff from Ferrari to Haas, do you think they've also outsourced the, abil- the ability to fuck up? <laughs> yeah. Just, I mean, this I'm, season suggests evidently, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would seem like that, that's on the preferred supplier list. It's like they get seven <laughs> fuck-ups a year. Um, Phil, talking of new jobs... Oh, yeah. I left my, uh, I left my job at Autotrader. Yeah. Uh, but so I've got I'm a car to list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can still do that. It's just that I can't get you a free advert now. Uh, oh. It's 60 quid. So I embarked on my freelance career on Friday morning. And by Friday evening, I had another new job. And, uh, so did you get headhunted? And they found... I did. I've never been wow. headhunted before. It was very, it was very, very, it's very nice, nice. I wouldn't know. So I'm starting at Drive Tribe on, uh, on Thursday this week, which is a, a website... the thing they let anyone write for. <laughs> Like, literally. Shut up, Jack. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Valtteri Bottas 2.0 was the talk of everyone at the start of the season. When the newly bearded Finn won in Australia and actually looked pretty decent, then he was crap again and we all forgot about him. But Valtteri said he needs to become Bottas 2.77 next year if he wants to win the title. Are we actually taking this seriously? Hang on, seven C- 77 is his number, isn't it? Yeah, is I think right? it was, so I think was a it joke. Was, I think it was a joke, but it, it also reflects on the fact that he didn't go Bottas 3.0. He's, like, he's, not, he's not thinking with those kind of ambitions. So it's more of a kind of bug fix release. <laughs> it's Valtteri Bottas 2.0, but get rid of all the bugs, which is being shit at some races. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe he's on it. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd have preferred to see a bit more ambition. It's going around, but it's going to be, an, a, once again, an all-new Valtteri. I don't know what, what you can do uh, moving on from the beard. I mean, once Shave you've got head. the beard. Maybe. Oh, can you imagine? Shaved head and a beard. Full beard and completely oh. shaved head. What about we a go to Barcelona? that just goes around what you can see through the visor? Nice. Or the other way around. So when he takes the helmet off, there's just a face tattoo that's everywhere except the visor hole. Yeah. <laughs> so Lewis Hamilton's been back in action, but this time on two wheels. The now six-time world champion swapped rides with MotoGP legend Valentino Rossi during a promo event in Italy. Hamilton had a ride on Rossi's Yamaha bike and Rossi had a wang around in the Mercedes. It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Rossi's had quite a few drives in F1 cars now because he's driven a couple of Ferraris, I think. There was talk in the mid-2000s he was literally going to go to F1. Because he's apparently, he was pretty good in them. He's all right. He he knows how to drive. He's all right. He isn't, from the small amount I've seen him race him in the Blancpain Endurance Series, he's all right. Okay. He's good, but he's he, not like, oh, he sets the world. I saw him do some rally stuff at the Monza he's, Rally oh, Show. Oh, there we go. He won that. Yeah, he wins great. it every year. He's I, great. I think, uh, I think we need a pretty informed opinion here. Terry? I just don't <laughs> trust it. When someone <laughs> learns one thing and does another, don't trust it. That's the way you always had that thing about John Surtees, didn't you? Yeah, I, I always him. thought, do you know what? I don't trust that guy. Yeah. There's something dodgy about him. Mike Why Hale go to cars if you're good on bikes? Right. Because you, you could win another world championship. If you like cars, go with cars in the first place. But right. maybe you find you like something better. That's what happened with Damon Hill. Yeah. Damon Hill started as a motorbike racer. Yeah, but that was all daddy issues, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
you tell me. Well, yeah, basically. <laughs> I've read his autobiography, and I, 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 I really actually uh, felt a lot of empathy with him because my dad was also Graham Hill. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I can't ride a bike or drive a car. <laughs> Can you not ride a bike? No. We've been through this. I can't ride a bike. I, I can't drive a car. I'm an okay swimmer, but I wouldn't trust me in a current. Um, and I'm shit at other things. Robin Kubica is eyeing a return to F1. Despite being rubbish in 2019, the pole has been chased for a simulator role by Haas and Racing Point and says there is a slim chance he can be back on the grid if he can stay in the paddock in the interim. No, there isn't. Give it up, Robert. It's like when you see there's a new Robbie Williams Christmas album. You just think... Have you seen the? Why uh, are you still doing it? Have you seen the poster for it? Yes, I saw the poster on the Oh, God, has he really done a new... Yeah. Yeah. And what, what, what style is he riffing on this time? Is it swing again? Uh, I mean, Kibitza, bless his cotton socks, his brilliant, the movie of his life ends at the start of this season. Yeah, I really liked that comparison from the last episode. Oh, did we do that already? Yeah, it was right. very, oh, it was oh, very you, good. You did that thing where you thought you'd go with something clever, but it's probably That's something I said. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, no, no, I'll redo it, I'll redo it, redo it. The graphic novel of his life ends at the start <laughs> of this season. And uh, he should forget everything after that. Although apparently he was pretty good in a DTM test. But this, this week. season would be like, I presume I haven't seen it, the Joker. I haven't so seen it. So Robert Kubitz's comeback season, he's gritty, he's in a mood, he's wearing makeup. I don't know, I haven't seen the film. What's, what's the Joker about? How, I, don't how, I haven't seen it either. Has anybody seen the Joker? Yeah. Jack, you've seen it. How would you describe the Joker if you were comparing it to yeah. Robert Kubitz's career? Firstly, Joker. What? It's not the, like Counting Crows, it's not the Counting Crows. Oh, I love the Counting Crows. It's, they're not the Counting Crows, they're Counting Crows. I was listening to Beatles the other day. Love See, Beatles. See, it doesn't work. Yeah. No, but, no, because they are the Beatles. Yeah, but that's why I some said it wrong. Some have the in the name and some don't have the in the name. What about the the? <laughs> anyway, thanks for clearing that one up. Jeff. So, <laughs> it might be a while yet before we see the first 2020 cars, but when we do, chances are high that Ferrari will be the first to reveal their challenger ahead of testing in February. Mattia Bignotto, the team boss, said they wanted to unveil the car early and then crack on with testing it on the dyno. So what? That's not news, is it? I mean, it is news because oh, I lifted it from a news site, oh, and that's why it's on here. Journalists. Yeah. <laughs> But stealing. <laughs> wow. They want to release their car early. Why? So that they can crack on with testing it on the dyno. I don't know. I didn't really understand it, if I'm honest. I was hoping Jack would be no, able to... Um, I, I, they can test it on the dyno in secret, can't they? I don't, I don't understand why they have to reveal it. Red Bull always delay their release yeah. of their car, don't they? Because yeah. they want to get it ready, presumably, on the dyno. Okay. Remember Naoki Yamamoto? He is the twice super formula champion from Japan who drove a Toro Rosso in practice at Suzuka. We all said how lovely for him and we'll never see him again. But maybe we will. Both Red Bull and Honda are having conversations about Yamamoto potentially having some sort of role within F1 next year. Will it be a race seat? No, but maybe it'll be some kind of standing in the garage role. Regardless, it'll be nice to see a Japanese driver back round again, right? God, that sounds patronising. Well, you wrote it. I did not um, Well, it is patronising because this is like nostalgia in the 80s where there'd always be a Japanese driver in a Honda car despite them being woefully shit. Suzuki. But it's good for them. He's apparently pretty decent. The trouble is he's really old. Like, he's in his 30s. What, a Suzuki? Really I think he's got far older than that. <laughs> if they got um, him back... No, they won't get him back. It's a weird one, this, because clearly they want him to do something. I mean, they're not going to give him a seat. A, there's no seats next year. He's, I, he's well into his 30s. I think he's 32 or 3. Which in race... Well, it's for, quite young, actually. <laughs> but but for, for not yet F1 drivers, that's really old. But the thing is, they're going up against Red Bull. And Red Bull are never going to give one of their four seats to a Honda Japanese driver. Not in a million years. Can you well, imagine? I, I mean, if, if he was younger, I could sort of see it as a Toro Rosso thing because currently Toro Rosso seats are both filled with guys who started at Toro Rosso, went to Red Bull, weren't good enough and have gone back to Toro Rosso again. So they're kind of scrabbling around, surely, for somebody who can be the future of yeah, Red but Bull. Yeah, but the whole way that Red Bull works, they're not just going to go on a driver because the, the engine supplier makes them. It's just, even if he was great, I don't think they would. 
I wonder if they're just lining people up so when they inevitably fire somebody from Toro Rosso next year, they have at least somebody to fill in for the next race until they can find somebody else. Although it won't be called that, would it? It'll be called oh. Alpha to Alpha Frankie Alpha- Dittori. Frankie Dittori. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake or find us on Facebook where we are, For F1's Sake, or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. And a thank you to everyone who has donated booze to this final blowout podcast of the year via the medium of PayPal. They are our monthly subscribers who are Donald Griffin. The greatest of all the Griffins. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, he's really good. Paul Hewings. Who is a friend of mine. Thank you, Paul. You're the best. What a lovely guy. He is. Christopher Lee. Wow. You have a great name, Christopher, and thank you very much for your donation. And Paul Hinton. From the beautiful south. Is that right? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's probably not him. But uh, What well, if it was him? We'd probably go on a slightly false name. He might do, yeah. Nobody like, will suspect. Paul Thank Hinton. you, Paul. Heaton. Paul Heaton. And Jackie Caravan Abbott. of love. Yeah. Okay, well, it's probably not them. But, Paul, thank you. Okay. Thank you for the beer. We're drinking it now, and that's why. And with his first payment... Jack Nichols. Yeah, we had to wait for that to clear before no, we would a, let you in. Yeah, I'm, I'm Lance Stroll. I'm a I'm a pay commentator. <laughs> I don't I think, get paid to commentate. Like I give people money so that they let me commentate and stuff. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jack. So this, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't think it was him. <laughs> I think it was a different Jack I think Nichols. it was the guy from Beautiful <laughs> It's because every year I come and do this, and I go and buy. Oh no no no! You can't buy a rat. So then I thought if I do this, then you can't not. Unless you literally refund me through PayPal, which I'm fairly sure you won't. Okay. Well, the first round that we just had was lovely, and it was also £28, and you only gave us 18 but, Yeah, uh, I know. It's because I always forget I drink wine. Thank you, Jack. Yeah, right, who wants what? <laughs> and now time for the races. We'll start in March. Melbourne, the first race of the season. Here's happiness and determination in the air. After the feel-good story of the winter, Robert Kubica is back in Formula One, having defied the odds to recover from a terrible injury and return to the bottom of the top of motorsport. How will he get on against plucky young rookie George Russell? And what about the other two plucky young rookies? Can Alex Albon hold his seat at Toro Rosso? Can Lando Norris make a name for himself by making amusing internet cartoons? Can Raikkonen be bothered now he's in an Alfa Romeo? Can Ricardo be bothered now he's in a Renault? How will Charles Leclerc match up to Vettel? Are Ferrari as quick as they looked in testing? And most importantly, will Valtteri Bottas' beard give him extra speed? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It was a long time ago, wasn't it? I I remember the anticipation, the getting up early. The, oh, Formula One! That's yeah. the great thing about Australia, when you're there, you have oh, a bit of brunch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Brunch. Oh, yeah. brunch. Race starts at three o'clock, I think. Three yeah, but you miss, out on the, you miss out on the real magic of Australia, which is setting your alarm for like five o'clock and then stumbling to the sofa. It used to be. I'm strongly against the new Australia start times. Because right. now it starts fairly appropriately. It's five or six o'clock, the race starts. Oh, yeah, the perfect It used time. to be... Like full on 4 a.m. No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Those were the, the days. Pre 2009 was the first year it was later. That was proper hard. I, I do miss the, the the challenge of like, do I stay up or do I go to bed early and wake up early? Yeah, but, but uh, not really. Always go to bed early. That's your motto in life. It's nearly 40, right? Oh, you've never been cut deeper when it's a millennial, though. You? <laughs> All right, boomer. But do you remember the race? What happened? Oh, Bottas won, and we all thought, shit, Bottas shit, is, Bottas is on gonna it. win. Because yeah. he'd had porridge. Yeah. Oh, was that the start of the porridge thing, was it? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, they said, what did you have at breakfast this morning? He said, porridge. And then <laughs> hilarity ensued. Oh, memes were born. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. I hate the internet. Um, <laughs> Ricardo started in his new team, home race. He was like, oh, this is gonna be it. Didn't qualify brilliantly, started got about 200 yards, ripped his front wing off on a drain. Because, he just, oh, yeah. because he just drove on the grass. I mean, and in fairness. The, no, not in fairness. Watch it back from nine months ago. And uh, he just kind of, he didn't need to go on the grass. He just ended up on the grass. If he's he's Danny Ricardo. 
Yeah, if you want to go on the grass, you go on the grass. See, it's mate. grass. He's yeah. Australian. No, I'm not saying he's not allowed to go on the grass, to be clear, but I'm just saying he only has himself to blame for driving over a drain. But if you went for a walk it's in the a start park... start of a short poem. If you went for a walk in the park and you went, I'm going to go barefoot, and then you cut yourself on a piece of glass, that's not your fault. That's the park's fault. I mean, it's sort no, that's of absolutely your fault. It, depend- incorrect. it depends where the park is. Look, yeah, I okay. agree. If it's in London, it's absolutely your fault. Okay. <laughs> Away from the parks. Jack, we have a listener question for you. Mm-hmm. John Gardner asks, do you think Lando is too much of a joker to ever be ruthless enough to win a race and slash or championship? Same for Albin, really, of the three rookies only think George Russell has what it takes. Ooh. That's actually a really good question. Really? Uh, John. Well done, John. No, no, no more of that, John. Sorry. You know what podcast you're writing to. This isn't what we want. <laughs> Lando was really impressive in Melbourne. I think he might have outqualified Sainz. And, uh, Although Sainz's engine blew up, so... Correct. Yeah. I think this is a general question, not just for Melbourne. No, agreed. But, yeah. um, I think we'll just have to sort of wait and see. I know that's a bit of a lame answer. No, you, that's not you a can bit of a lame answer. That is a lame answer. Danny Ricardo, right? He's all jokey man, funny man. Yep. This year, not so much. When his wheels aren't ready in Monaco in 2017, yeah, when he's going to win the race, the wrong person for you get grumpy Daniel Ricciardo when he lost the race win because of the pit stop problem. So these guys have the steel in there. It's just when we see it from Norris well, or whether we, whether we need to see it. Lando's had his issues this year and he's not... I don't remember him being particularly vociferously like, fuck you, kind of thing. No, he doesn't feel like that kind of... You've, t- you've met them and talked to them all, yeah, haven't you? What, yeah, what, yeah. Do you? what do you make of them? If you, if you had to put money on which ones could be world champion? I will say, I think... I think Lando probably has the m- most talent, to be, to be honest. Like, if you really put... But I think him and Russell are quite close. I think Alex Albon is a bit of an unknown still because he had quite a tumultuous junior career. Yeah. So I think it's difficult to read where Albon is. Bahrain! which is Arabic for abysmal human rights. But why would that stop F1 welcoming along the fans, giving the economy a hearty boost and making this country the location for the second race of the season? Well, to get the next glimpse of Leclerc driving for Ferrari in the 2019 season. That's why, and he was third on the podium along with his predictable pals, Hamilton and Bottas. But do you remember we nearly saw Leclerc, who at the time, Terry, you hated, who came her home in first. Do you remember what happened? I, yeah, I still hate him. Did you hate him then? I thought you liked him and then you hated him. No, I, I, I think... Recall, no, I definitely hate him now. I don't think you hated him then, because we I, were quite no, impressed with his... We were quite impressed then. with a couple of races we'd seen in F2. Yeah, when he got shitty... Mm. That was still later him. on the season. Yeah. Anyway, irrelevant. So what happened was something went wrong with his car and he didn't finish the race. This was the start of Ferrari fucking everything up all the time. Because what was it? What was wrong with well, the car? Do you remember? Well, to start an with electronics issue. Yeah, oh. an electronics issue. Still got the podium, but he, he should have won it, and he just got slower and slower and slower. But previous to that, Vettel had uh, been overtaken by Hamilton and then crashed while it was happening. Remember, he he spun, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Hamilton hit him!" And then you see the replay, and Hamilton didn't go anywhere near him. Vettel just lost it. And Leclerc and it, had overtaken him by that point as well. Mm. Yes, and it was the it was basically the start. It was this was the first race of the season where everyone was like, "Well, Ferrari are going to win this. They're so fast." And then they didn't. Speaking of Hamilton, uh, we've got another Jack question from a listener. Uh, and you are going to be delighted to know that we are not shying away from the hard questions here. Okay, Paxman. Daniel Serbergson, Serbergson, whatever, says, <laughs> Jack, why do you and Jenny hate on anyone that is not Hamilton? <laughs> Is that, oh, that's the end of the question. BBC uh, bias. B- yeah, BBC bias, exactly. We're told... I'm not paying my licence fee. Exactly. The Director General tells us who to like and who to dislike in Formula One. That's how it works. Can I just interject briefly? I had a wee next to the Director General the other day, oh. and he's very nice. It's name-dropping. Look at wow. this. Wow. I was at the BBC club. Yeah. I wee next yeah. to the Director General. We did not make eye contact. I get this a lot, <laughs> but then I also get people who block me on Twitter because I hate Vettel so much uh, or because I love Vettel, Vettel so much no but I, I lose track of who I'm supposed to love and hate you know it's it's ultimate confirmation bias hate? oh Jolie and Palmer <laughs> absolute <laughs> bad um, <gasps> we do as well yeah I um, think he's alright so with, with that <laughs> I met him thing, with the BBC once <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the Hamilton thing is really difficult because he 
I don't want to be BBC. Oh, we love this guy. I remember watching ITV F1 in 2008, and they would just love Hamilton, and it was annoying and embarrassing. And now those people are now my bosses on Formula E, which is a bit awkward. But <laughs> like, he is literally one of the greatest ever racing drivers. For me, he's instantly in the top three. For me, he's maybe number one. So I think he's amazing. And I love other people. Other people are great. But you can't deny Hamilton. If I'd have been around when Hamilton was in 2010, 2011, I'd have been tearing him apart. Wow. China! Ferrari was the fountain of fun here with various inter-team, inter-radio rows. What happened and whose side were you on? Hamilton won it. Bottas was second. Vettel was third. Um... Whose side were you on? Whose side was I on? I'm not on anyone's side. In the side. Rouse, I'm on the Ferrari Rouse. I think Ferrari were fine in China. It made sense well, to swap positions because of the strategies they were on. Absolutely fine by me. But Terry? Leclerc was pulling away. You sat next to Ferrari and BBC, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> I had a wee next to the Ferrari horse, and I can say, what a penis. <laughs> Huge. Huge. Weird they don't put it on the logo. <laughs> can you imagine? That's why he has to prance, not run. <laughs> I think it is on the logo, but it's just taped down the side of his leg. <laughs> if, you get, if you get it in the right light. <laughs> anyway, that was China. <laughs> I don't remember much about the race, to be honest. I, remember, I do remember Kvyat crashing into Norris, but that's about it. Jack, Ross Chapman said, Who's the better driver in 2019, Jolian Palmer or Formula One race winner Robert Kubica? Easy answer. 2017, they were trying to get Robert Kubica in to replaced Jolian Palmer thinking about it he did a test at Hungary he was slower than Jolian Palmer Ooh. there's the answer that is a good fact do you remember all that all yeah, that yeah, stuff yeah, in yeah, 2017 all uh, that, was going to take Palmer's seat but, but he question, wasn't big enough but the question is this year yeah. and Palmer's had two years of not being race fit who's the better driver in 2019 is yeah. he doing any racing at all or is he no. completely stopped well, then. no he's completely stopped what wow. car has he got what car? He's, he doesn't have a car at the moment. Right, wow. Then. He's the Terry Saunders he of Czech and Fact. he'd be great. He borrows his mum's. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, but he's just got his, uh, he's just got his motorbike licence. So there you go. Yeah. Here we go. I don't trust him. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's... <laughs> he's going to beat Rossi. Yeah, don't just trust him. Just when you change from one thing to another. <laughs> Baku! Sorry, but it is time to revisit one of the most boring few hours of 2019, the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. I don't remember any of it, but it was the third time we saw Mercedes 1-2 and our predictable season alarm bells were sounding. Were you two jumping to ill-informed, maybe drunk conclusions? Yes. Yes. So I remember that Azerbaijan's been quite exciting the last couple of years, so it all led into the idea that it was going to be good, and then it really wasn't. There were a couple of moments. Yeah, that makes a great Grand Prix. <laughs> well, qualifying was interesting. It's Glickler binned into the wall in qualifying. Yeah, that was quite interesting. And then there was that bit where um, uh, Grosjean overshot a corner. There was that bit where Ricardo reversed into yes. the Toro Rosso. That was Nothing pretty funny. Nothing says high-octane yeah. excitement yeah. like a small fender bender caused by not looking when you reverse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where's the Formula One theme tune? That bit where they were swapping insurance details <laughs> in the Tesco's <laughs> car. <laughs> okay, so Phil Harvey said, would you like... Hamilton in a Ferrari which we might have soon and do you think he will go I do and I think it would be epic I'd love to see Hamilton in a Ferrari I don't think it'll happen I know you all think it will it will why not well just feels unnecessary from Hamilton's point of view Mercedes are going to drop out at the end of next year (laughs) do you think yeah He'll I mean, be the well, first driver since Fangio to win three championships yeah. with three different teams. I heard you say that on the Abu Dhabi oh, show, yeah. I can't remember either. I was pissed. <laughs> and I, I thought I, I was, just read that this, this week. This is what I mean. It <laughs> would be amazing. Would, why would Mercedes say? They've, they'll have won seven doubles by then, because let's face it, they're going to win next year. They've got their burgeoning EQ range of electric cars. They're in Formula E now. Correct. Total Which you like. Skipping races. Every race live on BBC Sport website and uh, iPlayer. Yeah. Although, not publicised enough, can right. I say... It's literally just got a plug on FF1S. That's true. How is that not publicised well, enough? Well, it's going to get cut. I paid £18 for this advertising slot. <laughs> Those 27 extra listeners are all on us. Yeah, exactly. And now, a word from our sponsor. <laughs> I think Hamilton... Have you ever wanted to watch a race where you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please tune in on BBC Sport. 
My answer is Hamilton won't go to Ferrari because I don't think it's worth the risk. Next. Interesting. Good. Barcelona. Barcelona. Such a beautiful horizon. Barcelona. Like a jewel in the something. We're in a pub. Please. <laughs> Spain. As we return to Spain for what was supposed to be the last time, we breathed a sigh of relief as the track gave us the fifth Mercedes, one-two in a row. But Bottas showed us a hint of what was to come by nearly taking each other out. In hindsight, was this the start of the season for real? I mean, it was the continuation of the season for real. Well, obviously, statistically, it wasn't the start of the season. But what I mean is, if I wrote this, which I didn't, because <laughs> I was a cheeky writer, all of her own material, but... Was this where we kind of go, right, this is it, this is where it starts? I think I thought that from the moment when Bottas stopped winning. So, Bahrain. Bitch. Uh, This was like the eye-opener where Ferrari was so quick in pre-season testing in Barcelona. So you think, okay, now we're back in Barcelona, they'll sort it out, and then they weren't. That was a bit odd. Why doesn't everyone hate Barcelona? Seems to get away with it. No, everyone does it. Well, we hate Barcelona, I think, Yeah, but like, quietly. Yeah, but yeah, everyone, everyone comes out with You were Shanghai's really loud when you were saying Barcelona. There's nothing quiet about that. <laughs> no, I mean, that. that's got a good song, so it's maybe that's because everyone's been there. on holiday to Barcelona. Yeah. You don't go to, say, Shakir. Is it Shakir? Was it, where's yeah, Bahrain? Yeah, Sakir. 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 You don't watch the Sakir <laughs> race and go, oh, you know, but when you in, when you see the Barcelona race and you do the bit at the start, you're like, I had a nice holiday there. I'll forgive the shit aerodynamics. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's but miles from Barcelona. I know, because I tried to go there once when I went on holiday to Barcelona and I found out how far away it was and this story ends nowhere because I didn't go. Presumably it ends in Barcelona. In Barcelona, but Rather not than in Mombolo. the circuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Sakira is actually a long way from Manama as well, which is the only do, do, city really. Do, do. In, Honestly, in, uh, you spend the whole weekend with that in your head. Yeah. <laughs> it's genuinely true. It's a very nice hotel next to it, though. Good, Hamilton won. So, Ben Tumble said, Do you think Ferrari were found to be cheating? If yes, do you think the FIA have played it down to save Ferrari from disqualification? Do you think anything will still come from it post season? Yes, Ooh. maybe, no. Yeah, I agree with Phil then, let's say that. They were doing your classic, oh, you haven't said it's not allowed, yeah, until but they th- did. But this is the stra- This is the, why it was a bit strange this year, is in the past when things have been not allowed, the FIA have said, right, what you're doing is not allowed, we'll ban it from now on, which is kind of what we've seen a bit. But then you had that weird thing with Renault, where they had the automatic brake bias changes. Oh, yeah. And instead of being like, oh, just stop doing that. You've been doing it for four years. Yeah, fine. But suddenly they get disqualified from Japan. It's like, there's a whole weird thing going on, I think, in the FIA with terms of rules. Because if Ferrari were being illegal, why don't we know? Well, what were they doing, do you think, in your terms? This, I don't know. Like, you hear a lot of conjecture. You hear Mercedes being like, oh, we think they're doing this that's dodgy. And you're like, well, but what? Mercedes haven't actually come on the record and said they're doing this dodgy. Well, this is the this is the fuel flow thing, presumably. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. the bypassing the fuel flow sensor so they can pump more fuel flow and get and get more straight line speed. And for those that missed it, Red Bull put in a question to the FIA saying, theoretically, if somebody was doing this, would it be illegal? And the FIA said, yes, it definitely would be. But then they went slower in Austin, but then they said they were running higher downforce, which kind of made everything they say as a defence makes enough sense for me to not be 100% certain. Do you think Mercedes were maybe not saying anything because maybe they're doing a few slightly shonky things and they don't want any attention drawn well, to they themselves? they are, aren't they? Yeah, well, I hope so, because that's thing, what like, Formula One is all about. Is, and isn't it weird that no one's ever said Mercedes are cheating in the last, like, five years? I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm oh, prepared I to... They were che- imagine they've got, like, an extra wheel under the car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm prepared to act myself as a massive hypocrite here because I love to. I love that when somebody gets caught doing something like this, I love to point their finger and go, cheat! But also, it's something I love about F1 is that you have all these engineers finding the most creative way around things that they possibly can. So yeah. I'm all in favour of it. It's not cheating till you're caught. Yeah. Monaco! It is Monaco! And we all know what that means. Our annual debate as to whether or not there should be a race in Monaco. And that is because we need to fill between 40 and 55 minutes of podcasts after such a predictably boring race. I think Monaco was great this year. Monaco's great for a few laps when you see the cars whizzing through and you go, wow, that's amazing. And then they start racing and you're like, oh, God. 
but they don't start racing. This is the fundamental problem with Monaco. This is the issue is on these tyres Monaco is nonsense because you need to save the tyres so you drive really slowly and Lance Stroll says the fastest lap of the race and he's closing in on the leaders when he's in 10th place Monaco if you were going flat out would be good good enough to be worthy of it staying on the calendar but it's the tyres that make it the problem I just like Monaco because you you can't you block the day out to watch the Grand Prix but you, you tend to get a lot of stuff done <laughs> well, because you start watching, you t- sit down and you start watching it, and yeah, then like yeah. ten laps in, you're like, "Oh, this is oh, going nowhere." I might, I might so we got, that we table. got twenty-one of these bloody things. That's what I say. What are you yeah. complaining about? You get paid to go to them. Yeah, I know. More races. And you hate them. Oh my god. Yeah, exactly. Like, what does that say? Twenty-one races of these things. If one's a bit there, but it's cool, just get a life. And so the only bit of serious thing here is this was of course after the news that Nicky Lauda had of course died. There was a really sombre mood over the paddock that weekend. It was really strange and I think the most the key part of it was the role he'd played in getting Hamilton to Mercedes in the first place. You know, that's what sort of brought it home. It because he you know just an advisory role at Mercedes, he was obviously, you know, well liked around the paddock, but that being such a key in creating this dominant force for the last five years or whatever was uh, was was really missed how how was that sort of balanced when you when you're there on the ground obviously i mean i've never been but i assume that monaco is is pretty party like there's always glamour and stuff going on how does that sort of manifest itself with that sort of somber air was it just a bit muted or was it stuff cancelled or what was the deal uh, well it was it, it happened before the race so by the time sunday came everybody was sort of focused on the race itself and it wasn't dissimilar to Melbourne where of course Charlie Whiting died in the build up to that race which caused sort of more consternation I suppose because there were practical questions of how's this race going to happen but once the lights go out it's like you know everybody's got to got to race I don't think things were cancelled I think that um, certainly the Mercedes team and Ferrari really where everyone was just a lot more sombre I suppose so then there was Montreal, where everyone overtook Magnussen, Vettel made a mistake, Hamilton went to overtake. Controversially, Vettel got a five-second penalty and said, they're stealing the race from us. Oh. This is where the season fell apart for me. Fell? Oh, okay. Oh. That's a strong statement. Because. What happened in your personal life? <laughs> <laughs> I ate so much poutine. Can I ask a question about when you go to the races and now we talk about the races here because we're obviously trying to remember the TV coverage of the race all the radio coverage which is obviously great yeah no yeah, yeah. I'm sure you all listen to the radio yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. did once it's really good did you <laughs> yeah I was on a walk he hasn't listened to it since but you know <laughs> but when we say the Canadian Grand Prix to you does your memory think of the race or do you think of the things around the race like do you go oh that Airbnb was a bit shit or oh my god thank you the Airbnb <laughs> It was a former brothel. There's no oh, other way of it. It was oh. very, very like. And I'm trying to decide from your face whether that's a good or a bad thing. It had been refurbished. Okay. But it was a bit dodgy. It was a bit dodgy. Why was but it anyway, dodgy? What about it was dodgy? Just the prostitutes were still there. Were there no, a lot of locks like, on the doors? It's just in a, you know, <laughs> you're in a rough part of town. It's all a bit. This was not a successful day for our producer. Oh. But when I think of Montreal, oh, what a weekend that is. It's just. Seems like a nice place. Oh, it's a wonderful place. It was you beautiful, poutine, sunny. You got prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bahrain. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, it's rooftop bar drinks as the sun sets. Whereas you guys think, oh, I've still got another three hours till the race starts. God. It doesn't yeah. start at five. I hope Vettel makes a mistake and then tries to ram Hamilton into the yeah. wall. Yeah. And then, weirdly, that's exactly what happened. And then he got a penalty. And then Deservedly he won, but he didn't, so. But he, he won and then he didn't win. And then, oh, the internet, oh, they were not happy. We, well, I think, me and Palmer were the only two that said this, that should have been a penalty. We Palmer came and out I. of the, huh? Palmer and I. Yeah, you're right, sorry. We came out of the media centre expecting everyone to be like, oh, yeah, he should have got a penalty. Sky are like, nah, that wasn't a penalty. We go, oh, we'll go to Channel 4 for some solace, because I love Ben Edwards. He's like, well, it's probably not a penalty. We go to the, I like, of course it was a penalty. He didn't even round the guy in the wall. 
That's yeah. not fair. And from there, all the rules about racing for the whole season change. Let them race unless it's Magnussen. Then we give him a penalty instantly. <laughs> yeah. Nonsense started after Montreal. More wow. importantly, that brings up another question of how do you... What's the rivalry like between... Sky and Channel 4 and you guys. I assume it's like Anchorman. Are you all kind of friends? <laughs> Craig Slater, Sky Sports News. Oh, you would not fuck with him. No, he I wouldn't. batter the shit He's out of you. He's such a lovely man. He is, but you know in a He's fight He's a lovely just... man. France! The most boring race in not only F1 history, but also including all e-racing, Formula E, and that one time Terry tried to do a full-length race on a PlayStation. <laughs> Pretty dull. <laughs> so boring. Because I wasn't very good. It's rubbish. Yeah, it was it? Really, yeah it was I was really like, dull. I was okay. like 15th at the end of the first lap, and I thought I'm going to carry on and just. At least you didn't break your ribs. Crucially, cracks my ribs, Jack. Cracked. Cracks and breaks are the same thing. <laughs> it's not. It a break is, is when there's a gap between you. If you crack a glass, if you if you crack a glass, you see a Shush, crack down it. Harry, this it's is not different. the same place. We're not having medical arguments. <laughs> Crucially, this was the podcast recording that both myself and producer Matt could not attend, which led to our worst oh. ever Apple podcast review. I've forgotten about that. That was when you and me and just did it all on our own. We recorded it. We presented just the it. Two of you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that one. What? Yeah. I mean, I the best, according to the, the reviews, you, you didn't miss much. much. <laughs> I was actually, I thought it quite went quite well. We sang the theme tune, if I remember. <laughs> we couldn't remember what to do. But they didn't it was, it was say. Like, it was like unplugged. It was like, like me and Clapton Phil unplugged. If me and Phil went on first dates, <laughs> we sat at the South Bank. <laughs> it was good. Romantically over a, a table of candles, candlelit table. And uh, we talked about Formula One. And I, it turns I, out my dad didn't like Formula One. <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed it. I thought I was quite pleased with that came it feels, out. It feels and like then the reviews were literally just like, "Fuck you." It feels like a <laughs> podcast worthy of the race. I mean, well, Ooh. I think it was a much better podcast than the race because <laughs> the race was truly fucking diabolical. Spielberg, Austria, Red Bull is back, Honda is back. It's like the 80s again, but with energy drinks, which weren't a thing then because everyone was on cocaine and <laughs> curly whirlies. The Sappen had a terrible start, but managed to fight his way back to the lead with two laps to go, depriving Leclerc of his birthright. Were we starting to think that Leclerc would never win a race? No. It was, was just a matter of time. I think I made a bet on it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> That reminds me, have you paid your £14,000 to the Dogs Trust? No, I How do you bet your cat on it by this stage? Cats. Yeah, yeah, but I think... <laughs> I thought the last one we did a double or nothing wager. Was that not right? I think you underestimated how much you'd previously bet as well. Because yeah, I was yeah, listening yeah. back that's to one. There was, one, there was like, one episode <laughs> alone when you betted 100 quid on it. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, this is why Spielberg. I shouldn't gamble. But you lot, you just fucking enable me. What should happen, when I say I'm going to bet something, you'd be like... Actually, Terry, as friends, why don't you not do that? And maybe just... Uh, no, we're not friends. Are you friends? Do you see each no. other outside of the podcast? No, never. Once. Did we? I cracked a rib. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we came round to point and laugh. Yeah. You came to my house for chicken. Oh, yeah. I came to your house for chicken. That's true. Just the two of you? Yep. No, I, I was there as well. Unless you did it again. You didn't tell um. me. <laughs> oh, that was a good race. Verstappen's fight back was brilliant. Great race. Bit of a ding dong with the clerk. I'm still thinking about the chicken. But Canada, <laughs> but Canada had ruined F1. Wow. Because Leclerc got pushed off the track by Verstappen. Yeah, but that's fine now. Because of Canada. Yeah. So now we don't know what the rules are. Whatever. Okay, Jack. Uh, Andrew Clark asked: When Mansell won the title in 1992, there were 16 races. Oh, the dream. That is obviously therefore the right number of races. Instead, it will be a preposterous 22 next year. So, which six should go? Before you answer that, could I just congratulate Monica. Andrew for using my scaling system of comparing everything to Nigel Mansell's championship winning year. <laughs> that's, how I, I, that's how I measure distance. <laughs> that's how I work out colours. You drive everything. in his gloves? He doesn't drive. It's not <laughs> driving. I do like to do something in his gloves. <laughs> Fireproof, useful. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so <laughs> I would get rid of... Monaco. No. What? Why? So I'm just going through them in chronological order. So this might take a while. Get ready to edit this. Bahrain, Barcelona, Paul Ricard, Abu Dhabi, Austria. Controversial. Ooh. Ooh. Controversial, controversial. And... Um, you had a bad prostitute. Vietnam. <laughs> We haven't even had Vietnam what? yet. We haven't been there yet. Give them a no, chance. No, no, but okay, there's one other, but, I, but you know, 
This is going to be a long podcast. Italy. What do you even mean, Italy? I fucking hate them. Uh, <laughs> what, the Italians? <laughs> just that whole Tifosi shit. Just get rid of it. You know when Ferrari threatened to quit around again? Yeah. Just say, right, tell you what, we'll get rid of it. You know yeah, the, let's you know lose the, the most historic and entertaining you know, racetrack you on know, the You know, you know what, the gangster thing of it'll be a shame Hold if... On. It'll be a shame if something was to happen to your uh, to your Grand Prix next time Ferrari threatens something. Just go. Oh, it'd be a shame if something was to happen to Monza, wouldn't it? Wow. Hold it against them. Genuine question. Yep. What have you got against Spielberg? Uh, Looks yeah. really nice. Good racing. It's lovely. Lovely place. Yeah. Love a bit of schnitzel. But I think if you're if you're you have to pay extra for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but what about Britain? Silverstone. This is the episode we decided to re- record after watching the race in a pub after a few pints and getting the mics out. But then we re- realised that it was the Wimbledon final and a cricket thing was on at the same time. And then we ended up missing some of the race and having to run around London trying to find somewhere that showed F1. Turns out that no one likes F1. I digress. My highlights included Vettel going into Verstappen and the reaction from an angry guy dressed in a Red Bull outfit in the pub next to us. What were your highlights? Can I just say that anybody who watches Formula One <laughs> wearing the team shirts is a <laughs> There's just no... There's nothing... I, I or, the, tot- or the team. <laughs> I but the do, team have to. I totally agree. I totally agree. But how is it different to a football shirt? I agree with you. I agree with you. Because the football shirt, at least, is the team, the people playing the, the football wear the shirt so you can say you're emanating your heroes these people don't go to the pub in racing overalls so do if, they? but if they did you'd be fine with that <laughs> so, <laughs> hang on. so hang on so if they, go to, if they went to the football wearing a shirt that's fine but if they were what if they were wearing a woolly hat or a scarf oh yeah or a, or a sports them. jacket no the thing is I'm fine <laughs> with stuff like scarves and a t-shirt that says Mercedes on that's fine wearing the sponsored driven short sleeve shirt because it's a replica of the, the okay. pit people that is stupid that's, uh, a, that's a fair enough line actually so yeah. a, a nice t-shirt with like a 44 on or something yeah, fine yeah. totally fine okay. so what no you're saying problem. is the team stuff you should wear away from watching the races are you trying to sell <laughs> our t-shirts <laughs> <laughs> there's no t-shirts to sell because they're all you haven't got any t-shirts now have you? we've only got Stoffel Ruffle <laughs> great for Formula E okay I'll get some yeah, yeah please by some I mean one I'll put by one I mean none I'll put like a <laughs> a lightning bolt through it or something can you change it now not right now okay so Phil McWilliam asked Alonso is clearly pitching for a drive in 2021 do you think he'll get a seat and if so where no although he has been racing this week because a friend of mine who's still back in the Middle East where I used to work uh, was at the 24 hour kart race that he qualified on pole for as we record yeah, this against a bunch of nine year olds so he's still racing <laughs> <laughs> I am the better than you <laughs> he's kicking their asses although I think he's probably going to fall out with them at some point so he might not be back there next year I very much doubt he'll be back what do you think the, the chat is that he'll end up at Renault but I can't I, but I can't oh. see that happening really so Ocon, also, well, Ocon would have to fuck up for that to happen yeah exactly <laughs> I mean I, I can't see it happening to be honest with you and also, there comes a question. Surely he's great, but at some point he gets too old. I don't know when that is. Now, Hockenheim. <laughs> now we move to the part of the season where everyone got wet. Pardon? It's Hockenheim. It was a mental race, and Hockenberg had a sniff of a podium, but instead he slipped off like the Le Mans winner he is, and Kvyat made what was surely the only Toro Rosso podium of the year. Was Bernie right with the sprinkler idea? Yeah, maybe. No. Oh, okay. interesting. Well, there you go. Yes, maybe, I know. Can we just talk? I mean, I don't know if this is a global warming issue, but there have not been enough wet races this year. Well, there was at least one, and that was this one, and it was good. Yeah, there should be If you you have them all the time... Look, turn Formula E into a winter... um, Formula E, goodness me. I was going to say, you do that, everyone get electrocuted. Formula E E is a winter race, and they can race in the rain. (laughs) Narrow-minded heathen. But... (laughs) But they Formula can't, one in I the mean, winter, they can't right? really race in the dry when you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> They're always banging into each other. Oh, those cars break easily. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we just had a little edit point and 
he admitted he really liked watching Formula E. <laughs> to be clear. Oh. So no, no, no. Just to oh. be clear. Oh, question. Wow. Just yeah. to be clear. No. Whilst the guy ordering, I felt sorry for it. Whilst, whilst, we, whilst everyone was ordering food, I said to Jack. I watched the Formula E race. It was all right. I think was my word. Quite I didn't liked say, it. I didn't, quite you just said I really it. liked it. You just said I really liked so it. So which one is it? What's the truth? I quite liked it. Yeah. Wow. Because I was trying to impress you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, put you at ease. I'll say something he likes. Put you at ease. Yeah. Formula E's. <laughs> one Brilliant. of the drives of the season came in Hockenheim. Alex Alban. Oh yeah. He, he was phenomenal. Back or something, didn't he? Uh, yeah, and he got and he was running like sick the whole race, and he was unlucky because Kafia was having a shocking race, so he could gamble on the slicks and ended up on the podium, kind of like Lance mm. Stroll. So, Albon, that was his drive of the season. Didn't Gasly crash into Albon though? Yeah, towards the end or yeah. something. It was a, it was a good one because if you remember, Leclerc binned it into the barriers, tried to keep going, didn't work. Advertising hoarding fell on his head. Nice. And then Hulkenberg built, binned it into the barriers, and then Bottas. Binded into the barriers. Hamilton, binned into the barriers. Yeah, there was a lot of barrier binning going on. Um, didn't Verstappen do an, in, an entire spin and still win, like for style points? I think he did, didn't he? Yeah, I think he went off and came back on. But they said it was the drag strip that yeah. I've yes. never heard mentioned before in Hockenheim. Because it's not really relevant. I never even usually. noticed it. I've been to Hockenheim and didn't even know it was there. Uh, it's there. It's definitely there. 100%. It's there. So Davian Dent said, which retired drivers would you like to see getting stuck in in the next season and why? I think we know what Terry's going to say. I'd quite like uh, Alonso to be back. What? No, Nigel Mansell, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Just imagine. Do you know he can't race anymore? Well, because he's like 70. Because of his head injury. Oh, that he and got. the fact that he's about 70. And the fact he's about 70, that wouldn't stop him. What head injury? Apparently, when he was doing the indie, when he hit his head on like against a concrete wall or something, that it was an injury that for most people probably killed him because it's like some sweating on the brain. And in some American textbook, it's now named after him, <gasps> the no. mental like head golf ball or something. Because <laughs> I'm making that bit up, but but basically it was like an unsurvivable thing that he survived because he's great. Wow. Yeah. I bet you couldn't survive a 200 mile an hour crash against a concrete wall. And yet you want to put him back in a car next season. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the jeopardy. Even on a boring race, he could die. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of a driver who actually did pretty well and then lost his seat. I'd uh, be up for a Montoya return. That'd be great. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Michael no, Hackinen. Yeah, that'd be good as well. Dick Seaman. <laughs> Excellent reference to the early 1930s there. Budapest, a place we'll soon need a visa to visit. We finally saw the Titanic showdown between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton that we'd all been waiting for, well, for a few laps. Then it was a tyre thing. Did you think that Verstappen was going to win? No, not after Mercedes did that pit stop. Because it was a stroke of genius. Because uh, there was no way of counterbalancing it, really. Counteracting it, really. It was like... That was the only thing they could have done to stop Verstappen winning. And that summed up Red Bull's season because they didn't have a second driver anywhere near being useful in order to stop Mercedes being able to do that strategy. So once they did that, I still think, I think I reckon it was 50-50. Hamilton did really well. That was my drive of the season for Hamilton. He did very well. Agreed. Great. Good. Tristan Clayton, uh, a listener, has got a question who's actually got a, a fact in it. Ooh. Ooh. Fact. Fact. Uh, he says, when do you think we will see a race won by a team other than Mercedes, Ferrari, or Red Bull? For the record, it is now 139 races since the last one. Oh, so half a season. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We have to hope for 2021. But it won't be. No, I mean, whose first so. race of 2021 will be won by Williams. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and I will bet a hundred pounds. No! Thank you, Chico. No. For God's oh, sake, so well, as your friend. No. As your friend. You like cats more than dogs, so cats trust. Who would ever abandon a cat? They're beautiful. Who would trust a cat? Oh, <laughs> that's deep. Um, <laughs> it's not going to happen next year. The best chance is 2021, surely. When, yeah, but when everything's scrubbed back and then realistically... Who? Maybe Renault? No. Because they've got works backing? Yeah. 
Maybe... Well, anyone, really. McLaren. Like, let's go with McLaren. Yeah, let's go with McLaren 2021. Anyone, all it takes is for somebody to pick up on the thing that nobody else has picked up on. The double diffuser or the the, the some technical yeah. work around yeah, no one else has thought of. But that's the kind of misnomer with double diffuser was that Williams had the double diffuser, didn't win a race. Toyota had the double diffuser in 09. Yeah, but if didn't you didn't win a race, I'm not. T- um, I'm not sure too many had all the Honda hundreds of millions for the last year, yeah. so they won a race. Yeah, and look what had happened to Honda before that. Absolutely bugger all. Don't disagree. They'd won one race. Bye, dear, bye, bye, bye. Yeah, 2021. Let's pray. So that is where F1 took a mid-season break. And that is where we will too. But join us again for part two, where we will be discussing... The man of the match of driving of the year, sports personality 2019 or something. And which driver has the biggest balls? (laughs) I don't mean in terms of metaphorically, I mean actual... Testicles. Testicles. That's all to come. Sports Social Podcast Network.